Welcome to Ask the Appliance Experts, a new podcast from AJ Madison Pro that tackles the ins and outs of appliances, making an often confusing and really technical topic approachable and, dare we say, even fun. I'm Amy Chernoff, VP of Marketing here at AJ Madison. And I'm Jessica Petrino Ball, Editorial Director at AJ Madison. We are the brand's in-house experts, and we're on tap to interview installers, builders, renovation pros, and other leaders in the field on all things appliances. We are thrilled to have Vanessa DeLeon with us today. Vanessa is an award-winning interior designer, writer, entrepreneur, and television personality. Vanessa started when she was first featured on Design Star, where she gained recognition for her own unique style she coined as glamalistic, a combination of glamour and streamlined minimalism. Featured on a hit season of Food Network's Restaurant Impossible and a plethora of additional television appearances, HGTV DIY Network, and her most recent television appearance on NBC American Dream Builders, Vanessa was named Rising Star of Interior Design by Jamie Drake. She's been featured in numerous publications. Welcome, Vanessa. So excited that you're here with us today. Thank you for having me, everyone. I understand that you've recently completed your own outdoor kitchen at your home in New Jersey. And I would love to hear all about that project. So yes, we said, hey, why not have a beach house? So we like went up and down the entire coast of down the shore, as they call it. And we finally found this amazing beach house, but didn't have an outdoor kitchen, didn't have all the bells and whistles that I'm love and used to. But as a designer, I obviously see past that, right? We put an offer in, we, they accepted, and it was off to the races. We did a gut renovation, and then the outside was really important, especially for my husband, as he's a restaurateur, so he needs to have his grill. I love to cook. I need to have all the accoutreries that is in a kitchen, an indoor kitchen, but in the outdoor space. And I think that's important for the way that our lifestyle is. We entertain quite a bit. So I wanted something to be over the top, really large, but really stylish at the same time. I looked into what products were great, what was available. At the time, there was nothing available. This was like in the midst of the pandemic. So I stumbled upon DCS. And of course, my go-to is AJ Madison. And I quickly found the products that I loved. I did a whole configuration. And then I didn't want your typical outdoor kitchen that's cladded in some stone. Really wanted it to be outside the box. So what I did was actually clad it in porcelain. So it felt like the inside of my house was sort of in the outside. So the entire facade and inside is all clad in porcelain. The top of it, I did it in a concrete looking quartz material that was going to also stand the test of time, right? Because we had the outdoor elements were right on the base. I also wanted something that was going to hold up and not be porous. And then I designed this amazing outdoor kitchen that leads right into like this foyer garage area. So the inside, outside, near the new bathroom, near the foyer area, but still very much a part of the pool and entertainment space. I really think that that's a trend that we've been seeing. It's like very forward thinking of you. I know this kitchen was completed more than a year ago. And I think the elevation of outdoor spaces was really pushed along during the pandemic as people were spending more time at home. And there was a realization that we don't have to live with 
plastic furniture and just a grill in the backyard, that there was really more of a desire to kind of move those finishes forward. And I think there's been a real evolution, not only in outdoor living in general, but in the outdoor kitchen. And it sounds like you've really put that into practice and you have a living, breathing space that your family can enjoy for many years. The care that you've taken to transform the flow from the interior of your home through to the outside is really awesome. So for me, the continuity is important, right? Years ago, it was like plastic furniture and like a stainless steel grill sitting outside with nothing that looks built in and custom, right? So for me, when people come to my space, they're going to think, okay, what does she do in her backyard that's going to be different than the rest of my neighbors? Because I always have to think outside the box of design. The inside of my house, a lot of the details are very sort of swanky. And I wanted to introduce that swank outside. And how I did that was the grill area, for example, like seeing that entire thing wrapped in porcelain and the concrete robust thick countertop juxtaposed to like coping that's like the light beige that's a little bit in the marble and then I have this amazing piece from Royal Botania which is a hammock that is literally suspended in midair and it looks like a cobra almost like a half moon and the hammock moves so I move it when the sun is setting different positions because you could kind of position the entire hammock but it's gigantic so those like little elements that you wouldn't expect to be outside even though a hammock is outside but it's more like a structured art piece that's and then the furniture literally looks like indoor furniture. So where my barbecue grill is and the whole built-in kitchen, it's in a little sitting area. And then off the side, I have two sofas. The end of that sofa is a white porcelain kind of end table that's attached to the sofa. That picks up the coat, the cladding that I did in the bar where the barbecue is. So when you look at that whole like elevation, everything has like this cohesive flow. People are like, wait, this is outdoor furniture. It's like, yes, it's all, it's plastic, but it's coated in a metallic finish. So it looks like it's painted wood. It really is like the luxury sits inside of those details. Yes, absolutely. But then we have like quirky things too, quirky elements. Like on the one side of the pole deck, I have this, it's called Fat Boy. And it's, it's literally a dog that you sit. It's like a bench, like a white bench. So that's like an an art piece, but that it doubles as a seating for extra seating when we are hosting large events. And then my son loves the sandbox, but we made the sandbox look really sort of stylish because it, it's at the end of the deck and you, just, you go down two steps and it's kind of built into the deck part. So there is a sand deck, but it doesn't look like primary colors or it doesn't look like it doesn't belong. It looks like it very much belongs to the entire installation. That's probably the most attractive sandbox. That <laughs> especially like all the plastic furniture that's outside for kids they're like very much primary color you don't really see stylish looking stuff and if it's the wood stuff the cedar stuff it's beautiful but then you have to take care of it because it's cedar so it wouldn't stand the elements you know right next to the bay so you have to be also cognizant of the materials you're going to use you have to make sure that they're going to be okay with the salt so that's super important when you are working on a project that's next to the ocean versus in different climates. If we're in, in Park Slope, they have seasons there, but in, in the Caribbean, right on the beach, not even a bay, you're gonna get a ton of salt. So you can use chrome outside. It has to be materials that are gonna stand and sustain uh, all elements. And not only that, but when we're doing things in the tropics or in Florida, there's hurricane, there's hurricane season. 
So you have to consider if you're going to have stackable furniture that it's easy to stack and bring in or the opposite, making sure that it's super heavy so you don't have to bring it in, but it almost has to be installed within the decking. That would stand a hurricane, you know, 60 plus mile an hour winds. So just being cognizant of all those materials and obviously some umbrella fabrics are a plus, but they really have gone such a long way with the different textures and materials. Like now it looks like indoor fabric. And then even some of the vinyls, you just have to be cognizant if you're on the south, you will get sunstruck eventually. So being mindful of location of where your backyard is. If you're north face, then you're, you're more flexible with materials because you don't have to worry about getting sunstruck. But it's all those things that are going to add up, right? If you're doing real, real teak floor, that's going to age. That teak is going to turn gray. Are you okay with that? Does that matter your finishes? Like, these are all the things that you need to know when you're designing for the outdoor elements. You have to be like a material scientist almost <laughs> in order <Right>. to <laughs> recommend materials. There's so many advances every single day where new materials are becoming available. How do you keep up with everything? I mean, your clients count on you to be well-versed and be able to make recommendations around not only what's tried and true, but also new. How yeah. do you do that? So I think leaning on our reps and where we purchase from, like AJ Madison, like if there's a new release, we get uh, newsletters or informational things that are very important for us to sort of know. But most of all, the trade shows. I think KBIS is huge for me. I'm going to High Point next week, the Milan show in Italy. All these shows are really important. Neocon, all the trade shows that you're going to see all these materials, all these new elements, what's out, what's hot, what's new, what's next. We're right in the Mecca. I'm in New York City. You know, even for furniture, what's new, what's next is huge. BDNY is huge. All these trade shows are a huge plus because you get to really soak in what's going to be like the next hot thing. And you also get to kind of touch and feel what's going to be newly released for next season. And then you can, you know, talk to the owners or the reps that are going to be at these shows and be attending these events. So you get really like the first kind of knowledge of everything that's going to be released. Yeah, that's great. Vanessa, you've really been fearless in your pursuit of creating not only spectacular indoor spaces for your clients, but outdoor as well. There are many interior designers that really don't touch outdoor spaces at all. How would you encourage them to really broach that as a seamless experience for their clients? So as they're contemplating a new project for interior, to really try to incorporate that into the overall project. So I would encourage my client when they're first starting off to really think about the indoor-outdoor element of things, right? Are we going to be entertaining? What are you going to be doing? Are we going to be doing some patios? The patios are extension of that living room. It's a whole experience, right? How do you forget the biggest part of that experience? So I ask them, are we including the backyard? Are we including the patios and decks? Are we adding pergolas? Are we doing awning systems? Are we doing enclosed systems? And then when you start talking that language, they're like, wow, I actually didn't even think of that. Yeah, and we live in New York, but it, we can make it somewhat all season or mid season. You know, there's shades and heaters, a lot of different elements that we can introduce. But you have to pick all those materials. You have to pick the aluminum on the shutter pergola system. You have to pick the finishes if you're doing a wood pergola. You have to pick the awning system, color fabrics and stuff. The furniture should look like the inside. It should have, there's, if you're doing all kind of black and white stripes, which we just did a really beautiful project in Englewood Cliffs, 
we want to carry a little bit of that black and white stripe with an awning and a really cool like club chair outside. So th that continuity is super important and shouldn't be forgotten. If we're doing a Chevron foyer floor and then we do a Chevron or a herringbone porcelain outside for the decking, that continuity and that relationship is super important because it brings the house together and it makes it look like one beautiful space. That's a really good point. So I think interior designers just in general shouldn't be afraid to broach that topic. It seems like there is a really good segue. Once you start talking about these spaces in that way, it's a really great bridge to get them to think about using entertaining as the bridge is a really good way to get them to think about their outdoor spaces in a more seamless way. Absolutely. It shouldn't. <laughs> no, it definitely. And it shouldn't right. be a secondary project. It should be. No. I think it should be part of the primary project. It's yeah, really about how you live. Yeah. I'm just dying to know what are the three or four must-haves that as you were thinking about your outdoor kitchen project that you really felt like you could not live without. And now you've gone through a whole season with your fantastic outdoor kitchen and the things that you thought you really needed. Did it end up those were the things that really were the things that you needed? A hundred percent. Did you have any additional? No. <laughs> you know what I absolutely love? Um, for me, the ice maker is key. You don't realize how much ice you use when, when you're hosting an event. When it's just he and I, like we could just use the ice from the freezer, the ice that's around, right? But when you're hosting a party and the fact that you open up that door and you have ice and ice for days, I can't tell you what a plus that is. And then for me, I love the bin that we added with the little trays that you could put the condiments in because you could add the ice in there. And then we put the rosés and all the little soft drinks and the Pellegrino and make it look really cool. It looks like a really cool bar. And the fact that my guests can actually go to and pull, like, it's amazing. This is Amy Devers, host of Clever. My podcast brings you conversations you're not going to hear anywhere else with the visionaries and creative forces who shape our world and culture. It's a compelling mix of raw candor and honest shop talk that reveals the humanity behind the design of the world around us. Clever is a proud member of the Surround Podcast Network. Head over to surroundpodcast.com or follow Clever wherever you get your podcasts. So obviously functionality and practical and aesthetics, both kind of me are like, it's like split brain left and right type of thing. For my husband, it's definitely more function or fancy, as he would say. He has to have sort of everything like at his like triangle. He loves everything sort of like right here. But for me, I don't care how I have it because I can reach over here for a jaw and get this password and stuff like that. It doesn't really matter. But we do have it in such a way that it's for, like the way that we formatted everything is amazing. All the draws at the bottom. So it's easily accessible. You have the skewers. You have, you have everything's really neat in one place. But the way I'd function that is barbecue at the center, sink off to one side. So if somebody wanted to like rinse something off, they're not next to the grill. Or if my son wanted to grab a juice never has to go within 12 to 15 inches arm length to the grill, right? So it's obviously it's a still an outdoor kitchen, so it's not like this massive kitchen, but it's like a U-shape. So he will be over here grabbing his juice boxes and then the grill's on the other side. So just even the flow of that. So I'm never bumping into my husband when he's grilling. I'm preparing where the sink is, where the condiment rack is, and the ice is on the right. 
Now the ice is on the right on purpose. So if somebody wanted to come and help themselves, they can literally go grab the ice and it's on that side. The reason why I did the door left pull instead of right is because if you did right, you have to almost kind of go into the U versus left. They just come to the side and pull it and leave. So even the way I positioned the handle was intentional. To think of all of those little things, just as simple as a guest looking to get ice or, or your, your son looking to get a juice box without having yep. to interfere with the grill is really intelligent. And fortunately, today's appliances, you know, you can find a lot of those refrigerators with hinges on either side or drawers and yep. access doors and kind of all of those little extra pieces that a lot of remodelers aren't thinking about by right. hand. And then where we had even the placement for the garbage, that's in between where the self-serve area is and the grill. So if you had your pulling burgers and getting the paper off of the burgers and you want to dump it right there because you have meat hands, it's right there. And then the sink is off to the left. Like everything, it just works. The ergonomic flow of things work really well within that space. It doesn't sound like there was any detail that was overlooked. And you thought a lot about how your family entertains and how you were going to interact with the space, whether it was just your family at home on a weekend or a larger party. Was there anything that you thought about after the fact and said, oh, I really wish we had incorporated this? Or do you feel like, you know what? We got everything. It's, it's a hundred. Sometimes. So sometimes I think about just how cool would it be to have a pizza oven outside? Because we do entertain, and I think it's just something fun to do as like a group of people. Sometimes I go back and forth, should I have done a pizza grill outside? You can always do pizza on the grill too. Yes. Yes, very true. Very true. But it's nice when the heat's coming from above and the, the all about the undercarriage of the pizza. So, you know, you have a crisp bottom. <laughs> so it's like the whole science that my husband would talk about. I feel like. The outdoor space has very much within the last couple of years has been like the bigger piece of everyone's home, right? Especially during the pandemic, the outdoor space was an extension for people to run away from their families. <laughs> like it was like another space, another place to be where they can have some fresh air and be outside. But there's also climate restrictions depending on where you live. But I, I feel like a lot of people are having this sort of indoor-outdoor living. I think the Nana wall systems and even a lot of the door companies are doing a lot of more accordion-style doors. They're, everybody's sort of jumping on the bandwagon for that. So when you open the entire stack, it's not like a regular sliding door that you still have panels. It feels like you're almost like indoor-outdoor of your space. And then a lot of companies in the porcelain world has also jumped on that bandwagon and they're actually coordinating porcelains from interior to then be a little bit thicker for the exterior. So you're seeing that in the porcelain trend that they're using that for indoor, outdoor too. Pergola systems are amazing because now most of them, you could, they automatically have heat systems in there. So in the climates that are a little colder, you can turn on the heat. You could have a small gas fire at the bottom and you can sit out there. So I think people are definitely paying more attention to the outdoor space than they did in the past. And I think what's even like a hot trend right now, which people are really loving, is like incorporating, making everything look like a living room, like the coffee table and the fire pit and then their pool, their coping matches, their countertop. Everything has a very cohesive flow in the backyards now. Entertainment. 
outdoor speakers are huge. You know, the rock speakers are like really popular. And I think feeling, feeling really like it's the inside of your house. I would love to pick your brain on two things, which are usually problematic for the outdoors. Two nuisances, neighbors and bugs. What are your top picks? What do you do for privacy? What are your favorite solutions for that? And bugs, depending on where you live, right? What do you do about that? Well, these land, these lantern bugs are driving me crazy. I'll tell you that right now. And the lantern bugs are driving me nuts because they're so ugly and they fly and they jump. All right. So let's start with the neighbors. So you're in the East. You want, you have climates that change, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. You're going to have seasons, right? So it's important when you select your landscape to do like a four season pine or um, like bushes or like lollipops that are going to sort of stand the weather. It's really important. So lining up a really beautiful shrubbery of tall plants is the easiest way to, to not see your neighbor. And it even muddles a little bit of the sound. So if they have their speakers on and you have your speakers on, you're not listening to whatever country music, you love rap music, to hear that collision of music outside, especially when you're having a good time, is a big deal, right? So I noticed that doing some kind of plans or something really muddles the sound. Do you make recommendations with a landscape architect? Uh, I do. Yeah, you have a really good landscape architect. They all know this off the bat. It's something that I recommend pretty quickly. If it's a landscaper that doesn't have somebody in his team to sort of design end of it, and he's just a landscaper that kind of just put pretty bushes and plants and called it a day, then they're not going to really recommend all those sort of bells and whistles, right? But then having a landscape architect that really knows aesthetics, you know, how we're going to hide this, but without your view, right, down the shore, for example. So our property kind of goes into a little triangle, but the sunset's on the right. I love my neighbors, but we do like the privacy. We go there because it's kind of relaxing, right? So we do have, and we added really tall bushes on the left that are all season. And then we went a quarter of the way down, so we don't lose the sunset on the right. So I don't know if necessarily a landscaper, a regular just Joe Schmo landscaper, then I'd be like, well, the sunset's over here and you're going to be on your deck over here. When you look this way, I would want some shrubbery a little bit lower. I don't know how depth they'll go with that. It would be nice if they all thought like that. But at the end of the day, they want to plant whatever they're going to plant, give you an invoice and call it a day. So I think you really do need a professional. And I usually make my recommendations. If you have a good landscape architect, they will know those things. But that's just a case in point situation that I knew when I was sitting on the deck. If I'm sitting over here, my sideline is going to be disrupted because if we put the same greenery that we did on this side, we'll have an issue. So we went a quarter of the way down and then we did some shrubs. So it kind of ended in that were a little bit lower. And then the bug situation. So I'm a little bit more eco-friendly when it comes to pesticides and even the sprays that we have for bugs, right? I'm really cautious of that. I have my son that's four. I have little dogs. I always feel like it's just poison that you're spraying in the air. I like to go a little bit more from the stick when it comes to stuff like that. So I like to use certain incense. I like to use um, citronella. I feel like it's a little bit safer, but I do burn citronella sticks. It almost looks like incense sticks and they really work well. But there's there's other systems like other restaurants in New York City have an air curtain in the front of their property. So something like that that you can install in your own home is also a plus. 
And then what we do all over the Hamptons and down the shore is we do the porches that are screened in, which is also great because you're still outside, but you have a light screen that comes down and then you could take them off when you're not using them. Are there any additional like sensory elements that you recommend frequently with clients, like water feature? I love fire pits. I love waterfalls. I love spray waterfalls in the pools that kind of shoot out. I think that's a really cool effect. I think if you have it really beautifully lit, I think positioning of light. So it's all like visual senses, see, smell, hear. I think the music is the vibe. All that sort of has to play a role into the outdoor space. And I feel like that's what makes it and feels like you're in an oasis, so to speak. We've kind of noticed it over the, the course of the last few years. Have you noticed people just really looking for ways to spark joy? Like in the past, we were seeing a pizza oven, for example, as like this splurgy, I don't need it sort of appliance. And then what happened is when the pandemic struck, right? Like no one could get a pizza oven. Yes. <laughs> no one could get one. Well, yeah, and that's in, even inside the house. Like, I can't tell you the last time I designed a theater pre-pandemic. After the pandemic, theaters became like the hot new trend. So I think for me, ultimately, is in the outdoor space or even indoor, people wanted to bring experiences back because they weren't able to be a part of the experience anymore. So they're like, okay, why well, am going to have the experience here? I love going to pizzerias. I love to go to my local pizza shop with the kids. They love pizza. Why don't I just bring a pizza oven into the house? I'll make it here. You know, like one of my clients was like, my family and I were bowlers. They have four boys. They like to go bowling. I said, all right, let's build a mini bowling alley in the basement. We have 60 feet. Let's do it. So these are the experiences that I brought into the home because the pandemic didn't allow these people to do the things that they wanted to do outside their home. So I think people are like, you know what? Our house is everything we can possibly enjoy from the things that we like to do on a regular. It's an absolute staycation. Wow. Uh, so many great ideas today. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so fun. Oh, thank you for having me. We'll be posting lots of images and the transcript of the podcast. Uh, so everyone can take a peek great. at your fantastic outdoor kitchen and we appreciate you joining us today now time for some key takeaways one outdoor kitchens are a fabulous way to add value and excitement to clients renovation projects personalizing an outdoor appliance package can be both easy and fun two building an outdoor living space is an investment in future experiences inspire your clients with resort level amenities at home a thoughtful design will enhance the client's outdoor living and entertaining experiences. Three, make sure to follow us on social at AJ Madison. And if you have any specific questions, send us a DM on Instagram or message us on Facebook. And if you start your message with, hi Jess, I'll make sure to respond to you personally. Four, join us for a CEU class. If you're planning to attend KBiz, Join me at the Voices from the Industry Conference, where I'll be leading an interactive workshop on specifying outdoor kitchen appliances. So catch you there.